Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that as I speak, that you, Holy Spirit, would flow like a river, flow like a river through us, out of us, into people in and around about us, Lord. I thank you that you, by your Spirit, would touch us and and make real your presence to us. Father, I thank you that even as I speak, that people will be healed, that there be a desire for your gifts to flow in our life. Father, not just inside this building, but outside in our community, that you'd use us in a powerful way to bring transformation to this community. And I pray that in Jesus' name this morning. And everyone said, Amen. This morning, um, just going to talk about something that uh, as, uh, God's put on my heart for uh, a few weeks, and uh, you're going to hear a little bit about this uh, over the coming uh, weeks ahead. Uh, this morning, the title of my message is Embracing Our Shape Through Serving. Embracing Our Shape Through Serving. Earlier this year, Jane and I were privileged and, and blessed to be able to go away on a holiday. We went to Singapore, we went to England and to France and enjoyed such an incredible time overseas. We saw such a rich variety of cultures, of history, of people. We heard different languages. We saw people of different color. We saw uh, uh, and experienced a rich tapestry of people and places when we're away on holidays. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but have you ever, you know, like wondered why God made so many different people? You know, I've, I've sat down at uh, traffic lights when you're waiting for the light to change green because if you're still waiting there and it is green, you'll have me behind you pipping the horn because what you want a different shade, you know. So, um, so if you're standing there or you're sitting there and it's a red light, I've, I've looked around, I'm, I'm surrounded by people around about you and, and the question comes in my mind, I'm thinking, where are they going? What's happening in their world? You know, that they're, they're so focused and doing stuff. You know, and that's the beauty of God, isn't it? He, he creates such a rich tapestry of people and, and life and stuff like that. You know, uh, there's so many different people physically, but we're different emotionally, we're, we're different mentally, we're different in our giftings, our abilities, our talents. And it doesn't take us long to realize that God likes variety. You know, God loves variety. God made everything in this world and nothing is a copy. Every plant, every tree, every animal is different. And everyone's different as well, like you and I are different too. There's no one in the world that's like you. Even twins aren't identical. There's differences, there's subtleties of differences between twins. Uh, um, we see that, uh, you know, it, how boring would it be if we all talked the same, acted the same, looked the same, you know, sounded the same. We, God doesn't do that. Why doesn't he do that? Because they're, uh, an original is always worth more than a copy. There's greater value in an original than there is in a copy. Have a look at the, uh, I don't know, say, if you ever think, uh, the, the, uh, was it the Mona Lisa? We actually had the privilege of seeing that. But how, how you know, I love the, 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 the fact that that's an original. It's so valuable because it's an original. But how would it be if the Mona Lisa looked like, I don't know, Bart Simpson, you know? <laughs> And that's a copy of it, but someone's just, you know, photoshopped Bart Simpson's face in there. It's a copy. It's not worth anything, you know. So we see God's design in our lives, and we know that uh, personally as a leader that one of our roles as a church is to equip believers. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 12 says, Now these are the gifts that Christ has given to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, to build up the church 
the body of Christ. So how do we do that? How do we equip God's people for works of service? Well, we do that by helping believers to discover the way that God has shaped us to do what God has called us to do. One of God's purposes for us as believers is to serve him. And God has uniquely created us to be able to do that. So we see our purpose as a church is to help believers uh, to embrace our shape. Just everyone say that. Embrace my shape. I'm going to embrace my shape. I'm going to embrace my shape. So that we can actually serve God and others and be effective in the way that we do that. But also at the same moment, because of the way that God has shaped us, we are glorifying God because of the way that he has shaped us. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says, God shaped man from the soil of the ground. He blew the breath of life into his nostrils and he became a living being. This word shape is found throughout the Bible. God says he custom shaped us and there is no one else shaped exactly like us. And I think, you know, when it comes to me, praise God. Because I'm flat out just dealing with me, let alone trying to deal with someone else who looks is exactly the same as me. And you're probably saying, amen, amen, amen. But I'm thinking the same about you. <laughs> so, in, have a listen to this. Psalm 139, verses 13 to 16 says this. <clears throat> you made my whole being. You formed me in my mother's body. I praise you because you made me in an amazing and a wonderful way. You saw my bones being formed as I took shape in my mother's body. When I was put together there, you saw my body as it was formed. All the days planned for me were written in your book before I was one day old. Notice it says that God made me. God formed me. God saw me. God shaped me. God put me together. God planned every day of our lives before we were even born. I want to tell you this morning, you are not an accident. You are not an accident. You might have had accidental parents, but you are not an accidental person. It doesn't really matter whether our parents were good, bad, or indifferent. It doesn't really matter whether we knew our parents or not, to be honest. Because God chose them to be our parents. Why did he do that? Well, because God knew that they had exactly the right DNA to create you and me. They had the right mix of everything that God needed to make you the person that you are today. Job chapter 10 verse 8a says, Your hands formed me and shaped me. I love that about what Job says. He's come to the point of recognizing that God's shaped him in a certain way. That God's hand, we have been handcrafted. You've been handcrafted. If you go to some shops these days for the, the cookie cutter stuff, you know, like the mass product, production stuff, they're, they're, you know, that's usually cheap and nasty. But you get something that's handcrafted, all of a sudden the price on that particular item, it really increases. Why? Because there's time, effort, creativity, thought. There's, there's love and care and attention. Every stroke of a, maybe if it's been a carving of something like that, every stroke is, has been taken time to, to form and to shape that piece of, of furniture or that, that article. It, it, it always costs more when we've been handshaped. Think about your value as a person because God has handcrafted you. God's handcrafted you. God's handcrafted me. What does that mean for us? Well, it means that God chose every detail of our lives, even the stuff you don't like. 
about yourself. God created you in that way. There's some stuff that ticks you off. It, it really rubs you up the wrong way about certain things. You know, there's, if, if just, I'm just going to get ahead of myself a little bit here, but you know, sometimes you hear like this knock in an engine, you know, and, and you think, gee, that, I wish that person would get that engine fixed. Well, you can hear that because at some level, maybe there's a passion in you to fix that. So things that annoy you are sometimes a key to what God has called us to do. And we just need to start to ask ourselves, why does that annoy me? If you're really annoyed about the state of the lack of care for people in faraway countries, maybe, maybe, just maybe, there's something about a purpose for you to address that injustice that's happening in that part of the world. But that's for another church. We can, inter- we can search the entire world and we're never going to find anybody with our thumbprint, our voice print, our footprint, our, our eye print or anything else like that. No one who has the same gifts, abilities, the, the same talents that you have at work in your life, no one is going to have those exactly the same way that are constructed in your life in the way that you have them. We're never going to find anybody with the exact combination of spiritual gifts, personality, abilities, heart, or experiences that you have. You are unique. You are unique. We believe that God wants us to embrace the way that he has shaped us to serve him as we serve other people. Serving is one of the ways that we actually act more like Jesus than in most other ways. And I want to say that if you're not serving either uh, anybody, then really I, I would ask you, are you really modeling what Jesus taught, teaches and his way of life? Got really quiet then, didn't it? <laughs> Boy. So our shape is what I, they, they say is an acrostic. Okay? It's, it's something that um, helps us to see something. I don't know how to explain it. All right? It's just an acrostic. So there's five things. Five things using the word shape, S-H-A-P-E, that I want to help us to, to see. And you may have heard of this before. Uh, and it's just good to hear this again to remind ourselves of how God has shaped us and uh, the way that he's done that. See, see, our shape is the way that God has wired us for our life. Every area of our life is influenced by the way that God has shaped us. See, our shape determines the kinds of friends that we'll have. There's certain sorts of people that we're naturally drawn to because of the way that we are shaped. Our shape determines the type of person that we will marry. We come to understand ourselves more and we're going to choose the right person for our marriage. Our shape determines the temptations that we struggle with and we need to, to, un, uh, to be prepared for. There are some things that tempt me that won't tempt you. And there are some things that tempt you that won't tempt me. It's because of our shape, the way that God has wired us. Our shape determines the things that, certain things that frustrate me more than they do Jane. And there's some things that frustrate Jane more than they frustrate me. Why? Because of our shape. It's not that those things are wrong. It's just that, you know, that's how we are wired. That's how God has, has put us together. Our shape determines the best career for us. Our shape determines the best work environment for us. If you want to get the best out of us, there's certain things that you are going to naturally be more productive and efficient in, it's because of the way that you're shaped. Uh, our shape determines the best way that we're going to connect with, the, with each other. 
and all those sorts of things as well. So we, we have to know our shape in order for us to be all that God wants us to be. We will, when we know how, what God has made us to do, it reduces our stress, increases our satisfaction, it raises our self-esteem and increases the odds of our success. So when we are working in an area of our shape, then we are going to do say something that, that's me. I, I, I can work best in that sort of an environment. We start to understand those things. That's what I was made to do maybe. It, it's, we recognize that we are uh, fulfilling it, 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 it's, it's familiar, it's fruitful, it's fantastic, it's fun. In other words, we increase the likelihood of our success and we're satisfied by that because of the way that we're shaped. We're actually more effective in doing what God has called us to do. Does that make sense this morning? Please, someone say yes. Okay. So what does this word shape mean? Well, it's really our design. Uh, we are designed by God to make a difference for God. Let me say that again. We are designed by God to make a difference for God. Okay? In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, For we are God's masterpieces. We are His masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the things that good, good things that He planned for us long ago. A masterpiece is defined as someone's greatest work, anything done with masterly skill, a consummate example of skill or excellence. That's what God says about you and I. You are God's masterpiece. I am God's masterpiece, believe it or not. So he looks at us and he says, we are his masterpieces. There are days in our lives that we don't feel like a masterpiece. But I want to tell you this morning, God says, yes, you are. God says, yes, you are. So we were made to make a kingdom difference for God. So how do we figure out the difference that we were designed to make. And we start by looking at the, the design that God made us. So our shape. What does shape mean? S stands for spiritual gifts. H stands for heart. A stands for abilities. P stands for personality. And E stands for our experiences. So the S in shape stands for our spiritual gifts. Everyone say spiritual gifts. So many things happen to us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. One of the things that happens is that we receive spiritual gifts. But like any gift, we have to take the time to unwrap it and then learn how to use it. Every believer has been gifted by God for His glory, not for ourselves, but for His glory. And we want to help you to discover what you are gifted to do. So how do we do that? Well, number one, we've got to discover what those gifts are. We have to understand what the gifts are that God talks about, these spiritual gifts that he's made available to us and given us an ability to be able to tap into. We've got to figure out what God has put inside of us. That's why we need to discover these gifts. How do we discover our gifts? Well, it starts by reading your Bible for a start. Okay, That's a great place. If you want to know about a spiritual gift, go to a spiritual book and you'll get the spiritual answer in a spiritual chapter in a spiritual verse. And the Spirit of God will tell you all about it. you just got to discover it. We've got to go to the Word of God where we can understand what it is. And then we, we evaluate that in the light of who we are. We, we need to, to just say, you know, like, 
there's some gifts there that, that the Spirit of God is going to give to us and we need to lean into those things and say, you know, I'm going to take a hold of this and, and learn about it and how to use it, how to activate it. And there's a responsibility on us to, to, to unfold that and to work with that as, as much as we possibly can. Our spiritual gifts come about as a result of our connection with God and our role as your pastors in to, in, is to encourage you and empower you to actually give it a go. I, I love what Wendy did this morning during our, our worship. What, what did she do? She activated the gift, a spiritual gift of encouragement to us today. It was a spiritual gift of encouragement. There was one part there where she said that, you know, maybe that there's, the way that you need to enter into the river of God was maybe you just need to lift your... There might have been someone here. A word of knowledge is a spiritual gift where someone's struggling to put their hands up and she's encouraging us that it's okay to put your hands up during worship. Putting your hands up during worship is actually a biblical thing. It's in the Psalms. That's why we lift our hands during worship. It's not to say, well, can I go to the, to the loo? It's, it's, that we, it's a spiritual gift. It's, it's an act of worship. We can do that. So there was, that was something that you can see as an example. The second thing we need to do with those gifts is to dedicate them. That gift's not there to make me look good. That gift's there to make God look good. It's, it's for his glory, for, for him to receive glory. We, we develop the gifts. Like, like you know, I, I know that you find this hard to believe, but I'm a pretty fit guy. I'm pretty fit. I, I, I run a fair bit. I haven't lately because I lost my mojo. It was winter and it was raining. I thought, who wants to go out there when it's raining? Like, you know, get a life. But, you know, so there's this... We've got to, if we want to get better at something, you've got to practice it. If you want to get fitter, go to the gym. If you want to get more knowledge, then you, you look at a book. You, you, you take classes and stuff like that. Uh, and I want to tell you some great th- opportunities coming up in 2020. We are looking at something that's pretty exciting. You're going to hear more about that uh, in, uh, in the next few weeks ahead. Uh, just really excited about some th- stuff for 2020. So we develop the gifts that God's given to us. And any gift that God gives us can and should be developed then the fourth thing is it's it's no good knowing about all these gifts that we've got we can discover it we can dedicate it we can develop it but unless we deploy the gift it remains dormant that's pretty good it's five d's right there is is that good so we've got to deploy the gift we've got to start to put it into action we've got to mobilize it we've got to set it into we've got to position ourselves organize ourselves like an army that goes to war like christians advancing upon the enemy's territory it means putting our spiritual gifts into action and we get on the field and we start doing something with those gifts amen so what are some of the gifts the spiritual gifts that are available to us today in, uh, this is ju- I'm just going to talk very briefly, very quickly uh, about this. This is not going to come up on the screen, so if you want to take notes, write fast. <clears throat> so in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verses 7 to 11, it says this, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a spirit, uh, sorry, message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the, the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just 
as he determines. Now, as I begin to talk about these gifts, I'm, I've, I've been praying into this, and I'm believing that you are going to find that as I speak about them, there's going to arise within you a greater desire to operate in these gifts. I believe that these gifts are not just for inside this building, but they are for every single day life in your workplace, in your street, in your shopping center, in your community. God wants to release these gifts to the communities around about to see life transformation come and hope birthed in people that have no hope. So this morning, as I speak about this, I'm praying that there comes a quiver in your liver. I'm praying that you're going to start to vibrate in your seat right there, that God is just putting a passion. There's going to be a fire in your, in your belly that's going to burn. It's like uh, someone in the Bible said, you know, I can't, I, I've got to preach because if I don't, it's just like I'm feeling like there's this explosion that's going to happen. There's this rising up within me that I've got to talk about this. So here's the first one that we're going to look at. It's the word of wisdom. It's the revelation of God's infinite wisdom. It'll be the solution to the problem at hand. An example of that is seen in John chapter 8, verses 3 to 11, where the woman caught in the act of adultery, I've got to tell you, he needed wisdom in that moment, and that was divinely given to him. It was a gift, a spiritual gift given to Jesus in that moment. The second one's a word of knowledge. It's a portion of God's knowledge that it'd be impossible to know, a spirit-revealed truth in a given set of circumstances. In John chapter 4, verses 17 to 18, Jesus knew the history of the woman by the well. He knew her history. It wasn't revealed to, her by, to him by her. It was a, a word of knowledge that came in that moment that busted open that region and something great happened. It was a word of knowledge. It's a spiritual gift. There's faith. Number three is, number, is faith. A perfect and overwhelming confidence that God will do what he said that he would. In Acts chapter 3 verses 4 to 8, Peter had the absolute faith that the lame man was going to walk. Therefore, he says, silver and gold I don't have, but what I do have I give you in the name of Jesus. Stand up and, and walk. There was faith that was imparted to him in that moment to see a breakthrough come. That is a spiritual gift of faith. We see the gifts gifts, plural, gifts of healing, the supernatural ability to enable sickness to be cured. We see in Acts chapter 5, verses 15 to 17, Peter and the apostles saw, saw many people healed. In fact, Jesus healed everybody that, he, uh, that came to him and, and, and he touched everybody's life. The way, where he wasn't able to do that was in his hometown where people just, the familiarity just stop people from accessing it. But it wasn't Jesus that stopped that. So there's the gifts of healing. Then there's the number five, working of miracles. Divine intervention to accomplish something that couldn't have been accomplished by natural means. Healing is God speeding up the process that would naturally occur. Miracles are God intervening and doing something that would not naturally occur. Example of that would be where someone has lost a leg and you pray for that leg to, to regrow, and the gift of miracles sees something, a, a leg regrow. We've heard maybe stories from around the world where those sorts of things have happened. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 17 to 21, we see the gift of miracles at work when Jesus fed the 5,000 with just five loaves of bread and two fish. There are people in our community that are starving for, for love, for care, 
for attention, for the things that God has given to We have been given loaves. We've got the fresh bread of heaven within us. And God is saying that you need to, we need to, 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 to dispense that into our community. That's just a freebie right there. Prophecy, number six, a divinely inspired utterance that in, it, it edifies, it builds up, it exhorts, and it comforts the church. In Acts chapter 21, verse 9, Philip's daughters, they prophesied in that moment. Number seven is the distinguishing or discerning of spirits, to see beyond the outward appearance and discern the nature of the spirit which is at work. It might be human, it might be demonic, but it also might be the Holy Spirit. There's a discerning of spirits that's given in a moment that you can recognize what spirit's at work. That is a spiritual gift, and we can have that activated in our lives. Then there's number eight. It's uh, uh, different kinds of tongues, an utterance given in a language that hasn't been learnt by the speaker. Once interpreted, this gift is similar to prophecy. In other words, it is always going to edify, build up, and, and lift up and encourage uh, the church of God. We see that in Acts chapter 2, verses 7 to 12. The, spirit, the disciples spoke messages in tongues at, uh, to people at Pentecost, and the people from those different regions understood what was being said because it was a spiritual gift in that moment. I believe, and I've heard of, uh, people who've been in a meeting, they've been speaking in tongues, they have not really understood what they've said, but a person who's standing next to them says, oh, do you know uh, Italian? Do you know this language or that language? And they said, no, I've never learned that. Well, you were just praising God in that language. It's a spiritual gift. It is the speaking in tongues. Then there's the interpretation of tongues. Uh, in uh, number nine, we see the interpretation of tongues. It's the interpretation of the message in tongues. Okay, again, it's to edify the church. It's to edify the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 5, Paul's teaching, he, he, he outlines how that particular gift is to be given and to be used. These are spiritual gifts, church. They are spiritual gifts. There's other spiritual gifts in Ephesians and in Romans that if we, for the sake of time, that we won't go through. There's a uh, leadership, administration, prophecy, exhortation, service, mercy, giving, hospitality, and so on. How about this week? This week? What if you were to sit down and say, Holy Spirit, one of these gifts here, these gifts, I want activated in my life for the right moment, for the right person, at the right time, in the right place. God, would you allow me to operate in this spiritual gift so that I can glorify you and lead someone to Christ as a result of it? The H of shape is that in embracing our shape, it's, it stands for our heart. This is the passion that we have. What gets excite, uh, us excited? What, what is it that, I've used it a couple of what is it that puts a quiver in our liver? You know, what, what things that, that get us out of bed? What, what turns our crank? What punches our, our buttons so far as things are going on? You have a heart for something that motivates you. It, it, it inspires you to do things for other people. What is that? That's your heart. There's certain things, like I said, what annoys you? What gets your attention? You know, there's just as much of an answer in the things that, that tick us off as the things that really punch our buttons and that we get excited about. What are those things? There's, there's things that, uh, you know, you, you need to write down what it is that really is your passion. If, if money wasn't an option and time wasn't an option, if you could do anything in your life, what would that one thing be? It's an indication of your passion. It's about your heart, the thing that you're drawn to. What would that thing be? 
Maybe spend some time this week asking the Holy Spirit, what is it I'm passionate about? How can you align yourself with your heart passion, with your heart's cry? Then there's A in shape, embracing our shape. It's about our ability. What natural ability has God given to you? We all have abilities. You might have five or six. You might have a hundred of different abilities. What is that ability? Do you relate well with kids? Can you cook? Can you make people feel welcome? Do you see detail? Uh, you know, do you, can you tell a story well? Can you sing? Can you play a musical instrument? Are you entrepreneurial? Are you creative? Do you teach? Can you lead? Can you clean? Can you invent? Can you care for people? Everyone has an ability from God. And what we've got to do is to pinpoint, prepare, perfect our abilities, and then put them into practice. Let's identify what they are. Let's prepare. Let's perfect them. Use them. And we use them for God's glories in significant ways. Then P of shape is about embracing our shape is our personality. There is, this is where we need to, to answer the question, how has God wired me? We will navigate life differently. Some of us are here are very competitive. I don't know who that would be, but let's have a race. And we'll find out there, okay? Some are very cooperative, okay? We do things really well together. Some are extroverts, some are introverts. So, uh, don't try to be an extrovert if God's made you an introvert. And likewise, don't be an introvert if God's made you an extrovert. You're just going to go crazy, okay? Just uh, understand how God has wired your personality and work with God. The E of uh, shape is embracing our shape through our experiences. For years, I didn't let anybody know about the certain experiences of my life i thought no way could god use those experiences but i finally came to the moment of letting people know letting god uh, use the pain of my life from my past so that i could give glory to him in that moment and into the future there are things that we have all been through experiences in life that God wants to use and to bring good out of a bad situation. God does not want you walking around as a victim. He wants you to walk around victorious. And the way that we do that is by using the E of our shape, the experiences of our life, to give God glory in all that we do. I felt shame and guilt when I was raped. I, I, I felt rejection and hurt when my mother committed suicide. I felt like just dumb about the unwise choices that I've made in life. Those things, they hurt. But there came a time when I handed all of those things over to God and God had done a work of grace in my life. But there's also my victories as a person as well. I have an incredible wife. I have wonderful children and amazing grandchildren. You know, there's things in my life that I've, I can give glory to God for as well. These are all a part of my shape. They, are, they form my experiences in life. What experience from your life or your past is holding you back? What is it that God wants to bring healing to that he can then use as a part of the experiences to bring glory to God? I've embraced my experiences to glorify God with them. So can you. So can you. Have the courage to allow the Spirit of God to, do, to work through our lives in that. So here's the deal. We're made by God to make a difference for God. My challenge is to give you and ourselves permission to see ourselves as the masterpieces that we've been created to be. Because I want to say to you this morning, God did not make a, a mistake with you or with me. 
God did not make a mistake. So if you're interested in things like fishing and, and sports, hunting, art, music, or a million other things, where do we get that interest? I want to tell you, we got it from God. We got it from God, fishing in particular. If, if, you, if you love fishing, you're especially spiritual. Because everyone knows that Peter and the guys there, they were fishermen. So I, I wish I could catch a fish. So here's just as I wrap this up, I'm just going to wrap this up now. How do we deploy our gifts? And this came to me this morning as I was just thinking about this morning's service and this message. I believe that we've got to open the gate on how God has shaped us. Open the gate. Everyone say, open the gate. G-A-T-E. How we actually deploy our gifts, G, is that we've got to glorify God with it. We're going to say, God, I want to use this. I want to make your name famous. I want to get the word about you out into our community, into my family, to my work colleagues. I want to glorify God with this. I want to glorify God with this. A of gate, I've got to tell you, you're about to go on the adventure of a lifetime. This is going to be an adventure. It's going to be up and down and, and in and out. It's going to be an amazing adventure when we activate and deploy the gifts that God's given to us. Then T, it's all about touching someone else's life, using our shape to touch someone else's life. God's touched our lives. Now it's our turn to touch someone else's life. We've got to release that gift to touch another life. It's no good if we just sit on our gifts and do nothing with them. It's like, you know, the, the person with the talents. You know, one was given f one talent, one was given five, one was given ten. What happened? The person who sat on their gift, did nothing with it, actually attracted the disappointment of God over that. I don't want anyone to be disappointed, uh, uh, receive the disappointment of God. I, I believe that God wants us to use that gift to deploy it. So we've got to touch someone else's life with the gifts that God's given to us. And E of gate is simply that no matter what happens, I believe that as we use our shape, we embrace our shape to serve God through serving other people, that we can see people come to eternal life in Jesus Christ. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that God has positioned this church, you as his people, in this church, in your workplace, in your family, and in your street for the purpose of seeing people born again, of seeing people changed in the moment, that people get to spend eternity with him, that God can use you, your shape, if you embrace your shape, your spiritual gifts, your heart, your abilities, your personality, and your experiences. If we choose to walk through the gate to deploy them, we can glorify God, we can have an adventure of a lifetime, we can touch someone else's life, and we can bring people to eternal life by simply doing and activating the gifts of God about us. Is that fair enough? Cool. Cool. <clears throat> Let's stand. I know that I've, I've flown through some stuff. Uh, each one of those spiritual gifts you could dedicate an entire sermon to. And help people to activate and to uh, 
to deploy in your life. And I, I know that. I know that. But what I wanted to do was to whet your appetite. What I wanted to do was to sow a seed. What I wanted to do was to prick your curiosity in some way, shape, or form to say, you know what, God? You've shaped me. You have made me, and you call me your masterpiece. And I think that sometimes we've got to take the decision and, and have the courage and the boldness to say, God, even if I mess it up, even if I get it wrong, and I've got to tell you right now, you're going to get it wrong at times. It's okay. What I love about God is that he makes it a safe environment to fail in. Uh, fail forward. Let that failure be something that helps you to move forward with greater understanding the next time so that you can actually see a greater level of success the next time. This morning, I just wanted to, to, to pique your curiosity. To for you to realize that God has gifted you with spiritual gifts, that you've got a certain heart and ability, personality and experiences. Let's use them for God's glory. Let's, let's make God's name famous. In this community, they, there are people that need Jesus. And you're, if you're, you're talking to an unbeliever, a, a person that has no faith background, God has, has orchestrated that meeting with a view of you deploying your gift. It may be a simple smile. It may be a hug. It may be a word of encouragement. It may be that God gives you something to say to that person that he hasn't forgotten you, Christine. And he knows exactly where you are. And his hand is on you. And your breakthrough's coming. It may be as simple that in your, your conversation with your workmate that you just tell him, you know what? I've been thinking about you. How you doing? You okay? It may be as simple as that. It may be that for no unknown reason, or for any un you just feel that you need to give person a monetary gift. It may be that you feel that as you're in the drive-through part of Hungry Jacks, <laughs> that you pay for the car behind you. It may be that you see a mum struggling with putting a baby into a pram in the supermarket and you say, can I help with that? You look like you need some help. That's, that's, that's a gift in action. And it's as simple as that. It's not that you have to prophesy in King James Version to the person. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I love you so much. I love you so much. You are wonderful, Father. I love you, Father. I feel so, so privileged, so honored. I feel your smile upon your people and I thank you for your love for them. I thank you for your love for people. I thank you for the way that you've shaped these beautiful people. I thank you for the gifts that you've put in their lives. I thank you for the way that you've shaped their lives. I 
But I thank you, Lord God, for the glory that is going to be given to you as we activate those gifts. I thank you, Lord God, that you would receive the accolades, the praise, the worship of your people as we lead people to Jesus. Father, I thank you that there is going to arise within your people such a hunger and thirst to be used by you as we activate the shape, the way that you've created us, as we embrace our shape, as we embrace our shape. Cause us to step out in courage and boldness to speak to people, to touch people's lives, to give you glory, to go on the adventure of a lifetime, to touch a life and to see eternal life.